my god okay let's go ready no <laughs> hey everyone welcome back to the episode of thc true hollywood crime i'm your host mariah this is your other host bailey me we're here what fucking time is it <laughs> oh my god it's like already 9 30 oh, it's all my fault Take we had the wheel. a really rough start it's been a long week so i made b come over later i didn't have any booze it's just call herself a best fucking friend i know i'm literally the worst person alive let's do it we're here we're in the pod shed on this chilly march stormy yeah it's frosty not frosty but yeah wet moist (laughs) (laughs) it's been so warm like spring had already been in full kickoff here in northern california and then out of nowhere dropped a good 12 degrees at least yeah i think we went from like 74 to 54 yeah and it's rainy yeah and it's so crazy because it popped up on my facebook four years ago um to yesterday's date was us i won't say where we were but we weren't too far away from where we live now like Mm -hmm. a 15 minute drive away Mm -hmm. and we were in like tahoe conditioned snow Oh, yeah. Deep snow. Mm -hmm. And so it's so funny because it's like, we're like, oh, man, a little cold, a little cold front came in. But I'm like, yeah, but four years ago, it was snowing up the hill. Yeah. See, and my boss is really excited because he thought that he had already gotten to ski the last snow of the year. And he's like, I'm going to go skiing on Saturday. Oh, boy. (laughs) Exciting. Uh, All right. Well, we already talked all about our weeks, but how was your week, B? I have a bunch of stuff to talk about i have some stuff to talk about i wonder if we have the same things to talk about so much stuff to talk about so we last recorded it was the 19th so we were going into the president's day weekend okay. or whatever mm-hmm. so um on two 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 two, 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 two tuesday i saw on instagram our beloved scream queen jamie lee curtis that was the day she officially wrapped her final halloween it was her final cut and i thought it was so cute because they did this they put our final girl Mm -hmm. on her door and one of the cast member one of the crew or whatever got um laurie strode forever tattooed on them listen if you want to get it with me let's get it right i mean it's incredible so i thought that was the best um, we could always just get Lori forever and then tell people it's your it's mom. It's my mom. Right? <laughs> That's how much we love Bee's mom. So on a real high note there, and then you dropped our last episode on the 23rd, uh-huh. the same day that Russia decided to drop all their bullshit <laughs> on fucking Ukraine. It's awful. <laughs> so whenever stuff like that happens in the world, the stock market goes bananas. Which highly affects your job off the charts busy yeah so fucking busy but not for me mm. it's busy for the advisors because i'm not the one having to handhold these people right for once i'm the one i like, if you want to do something i help you do it but this isn't when people want to do stuff this is when they're like i want to sell out and i want to yeah, panic yeah. And, blah, 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 blah. and just so, get lots of advice yeah and- so i actually had a ton of time to do everything but work perfect <laughs> Uh, that weekend, Nick went on an overnight boy trip, canoe trip. Yep. So you and I were able to have girl night. Real quick, are you done talking about Russia? Oh, yeah. Okay, so can I just drop this in please, real fast? Please, If you guys want to help the Ukraine, I'm oh. sure there's lots of places that you can donate or whatever, but I don't know if you've seen this Be It seems like the quickest, easiest way to donate. The owner of our salon actually just did this. Um 
If you guys go on to Airbnb, you can book out nights, however many nights you want on Ukrainian Airbnb sites. And they're anywhere from like 10 bucks a night to 30 bucks a night. Do as much as you feel comfortable with. Make sure you put in the little notes for the owner that you're not. Obviously, I don't think we can go there. But make sure you reiterate the fact that I'm not actually coming to the Ukraine. I'm just making the room available. No, not even that. But the money, the funds are going straight to... The owners of the Airbnb, and then they can, you know, distribute it as they see fit. So cool. Just seems like a quick, easy way. Yeah. Affordable way to help. Because, I mean, more people than not probably have an Airbnb app or account or however. Yeah. And it's just super easy. Or you can just go, like, I'm sure, like, just look up Airbnb Ukraine and it'll get you somewhere. Anyways. All right. Go ahead. Well, so in the past, you've talked shit on how I don't know how to roll a joint. I mean, I talk shit, but only I don't know how to eat. No, I know. And so we've talked about um, Joe Rogan joints, how he has the little paper crutch and everything. So for Nick's boys trip, he rolled a bunch. Yeah. And so I get to benefit from the fact that they don't smoke pot anymore. So Lovely. <laughs> I know. Now, I you said a Joe thing. Rogan joint. Oh, is it? Seth Rogan. Yes, you're right. Although yes. Joe Rogan might also do it. Yeah. No, but you're right. It was Seth, Seth Rogan. Rogan. Yeah, yeah. He make sure he gets a little paper uh-huh. thing in there and everything yeah the little crutch mm-hmm. little crutch so i wanted to show that off very um, exciting we had the best girl night we, we had a fantastic girl night last weekend can we talk about how amazing this season of love is blind is it was pretty good that fucking reunion gave me everything yeah if you everything. guys have not watched love is blind spoiler alert if yeah. you don't care about love is blind just fast forward a little bit we the reason i'm bringing it up is because i think we started this podcast after we had binge watched the last love is blind the first the one, first one because it was during the panini and we had nothing to do and so we were like ah oh, we finished watching love is blind we've watched tiger king or whatever like what else is there to do <laughs> with our lives sight for endless hours and that's when we were doing the podcast like yep. we we're like okay let's do it so i think it's so funny here we are season two i think it's better than season one and the fucking reunion just sealed it for me. Absolutely. The way that they called out Shake. The way, the they way that Vanessa Shake. Lachey yeah. literally was about to take off her heels and fight him. And cussing. <laughs> yeah. Vanessa Lachey dropped multiple F-bombs and I've never been happier. Right. When Kyle was fighting with Shayna and then like was like, I just wish I had married Deep D. <laughs> That shake thing was so crazy. You could tell that he was really trying to lean in. He's like, oh, I'm going to be like the bad oh guy, my, the tool. The, right. And everyone's just like, no, you're just a fucking douchebag. Awful. And again, Shane, every time I'm off of Team Shane, he does something like tell Shake to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And like, re- and I'm like, okay, maybe he's not that bad. Right. No, he, I don't think he is bad. He's just fucking Gary Busey. Like he's just, Shane just needs, needs to stop rehab. doing cocaine. Did you see how much weight he lost? Yeah. I'm like, is that from the copious no, amounts of cocaine you've been doing, my guy? Stop. <laughs> yeah, I bet you he's a great guy if he gets like sober. I mean, in all fairness, he started that show very quickly after his dad died. Absolutely. So he's, he's probably going through a real hard time. With a whole bunch of shit. So sorry if that's boring, you guys. But hey, if you haven't watched it, season two, Love is Blind. Well, not Incred. only that, if you're one of our OG fans, you know, like we'd be talking about Married at First Sight. Oh, yeah. This is, this is our second life. It's yeah. Living this shit out. I know. Um, I already can't wait for season three. They've already, I think they're done filming it or they're almost done because 
they had to take such a long break because of the panini yeah. that they did two and three like back to back. Incredible. Okay, one last thing. I can't believe um I really enjoyed like how they were calling out the editing of the show yeah. and like the tricks they played and how Vanessa had to like dodge those bullets every time she'd be like, and now we're going to talk about like also like, yeah, that's a reality show. Duh. Does nobody know that's how reality shows work? Right. Like you didn't know what you were signing up for. Does anyone see that on these reality shows, there's writers credited. What do you think they're writing? They're not writing the lines for people to say they're writing the storylines. Right. So after we had our girl fest, what did we watch? Now, I have gotten multiple, multiple DMs about this on Instagram. Which I didn't know because, again, she's a horrible friend, you guys. (laughs) Yeah. I have gotten multiple DMs on Instagram wanting either people telling me their opinions or asking our opinions on the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which I didn't even know existed until the week before we watched it yes same thing i saw it yeah like the week before it came out the very end of january i told people on instagram that they might be surprised at your critique so i think so i think you're gonna be surprised I was there with you watching it. No, babe. I know, but I've reevaluated. Okay, because at girls' night when we were drinking, and oh no, I, I think I still think you're going to be surprised. All right, uh huh. I have my reasonings. But yes. Okay, so let's all because people have been wondering what our reviews were specifically, what your <coughs> take on it was going to be. Right. Okay. So when you left, I think you had given it a three, right? Possibly. Yeah. I think you were like, I think it's a solid three. So for me, it checked all these boxes. They take it back to the beginning. Uh-huh. I don't feel like there was a whole bunch of weird bullshit skips in time where you're like trying to figure out the past versus the future. Mm-hmm. You have these new woke, silly characters. Right. That are so perfect mirroring what we're going through in society today Mm -hmm. right how they think they're gonna come and like buy out this quote-unquote hick town or whatever yeah and uh the guy calling them the cult (laughs) Mm -hmm. thought that that was great i thought it was filmed really well it's a netflix film so like a netflix and somebody else did you recognize anybody in it not off the top of my head but i was yeah i didn't recognize like one person in it and it was super violent. So I'm actually going to go as far as giving it a solid four. Okay. Because the only thing it wasn't was scary. Right. At all. It's not. It's so well done beside that. It's fast. It wasn't slow. You're getting killings right off the top. You're showing everything. I just, I really, really enjoyed it. And then... So you gave it the three, and I was like, oh, yeah, that seems fair. And then I'm like, no, wait, we almost gave the new Scream a three. We gave it a two, five, but still. Right. And I'm like, this is way better than that. Yeah. I thought the kills were better. I thought it was filmed better. Again, we I have mean, in all fairness, no names. The we kills are no going to be named. better because there's a chainsaw. You can just have better kills. That's not true. He snapped the guy's 
hand yeah. and then stabbed him in the head with his own fucking bone. Yeah. That has nothing to, that was before he even brought out the chainsaw. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I am passionate about this. You are. And the fact that there was literally no named actors to carry the movie and we had four, like three or four huge names. Yeah. In the Scream movie. So yeah, a solid four. Okay. Mm -hmm. There you have it, people. And I am standing hard on that. Everyone in my inbox did not like it. Oh, I'm sure. I have no doubt. No fucking... That doesn't surprise me at all and just confirms my four. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Listen, we're doubling down. Absolutely. That just makes me know that I'm right. Okay. Listen, Mm -hmm. I support you and your horror movie preferences. I really do. Always have, always will. So I'll give you another shocking review. So if I'm going to give that a four, I actually have a five. Holy shit. And it's not a movie. It's not a show. It's nothing. It's a TikTok account. Oh, her name is at say grace or maybe gracie because it's a g-r-a-c-e-e two three Mm -hmm. the way that she can tell a story in like a minute Mm -hmm. and it actually made me feel uncomfortable going to bed oh like scary yeah like she literally made my hair stand up interesting telling a story so she's got a whole series on her account. I haven't gone over many of them. It's mainly one that sticks out to me. But what I've caught in the gist is at a young age, her and her friends are playing with a Ouija board. And it didn't go well. And Should ever, we just play? Can, do you think we can play it? I'd have to find it and sorting through all of them. Maybe oh, she I'll, didn't pin it? No, I don't think so. Okay, go ahead. But yeah, so like they're playing with the Ouija board. I don't know if her friends are also experiencing the same shit, but she's like her whole family experienced it after that night. It's not just her. So like she has confirmation with her mom and her dad, maybe stepdad. Mm-hmm. But the story that scared the shit out of me, I was just flipping through. It was like eight 30. I'm high, just chilling. And uh, she's describing a staircase in the house. And at night, when you're asleep, you can hear something pacing the stairs, Mm -hmm. but it never gets off the last step. It's like it can't. It's like it's stuck on the staircase. Okay. And they're like, it's not a dog. And we always checked with each other. It's like, it's obviously not one of us. And it's like a very heavy footstep. Mm -hmm. And the dad's like, yeah, do you ever feel like sometimes you might not make it off the staircase? Oh. And she's like, well, what do you mean by that? And he's like, do you ever feel like if you ever stopped and looked behind you, that something might actually be there? And she was like, are you talking about the man with the hat? And he's like, so you've seen it too. Oh, scary. Literally. The fact that like they had both experienced this thing. And he's like, and it's not just, she's like, there's other stuff that like kind of haunts us, but I'm not worried about it. Like you could feel the there's something wrong Ooh. with whatever's on the stairs. For sure. You don't have to go down the stairs anymore. <laughs> For <laughs> At, sure. Build a different staircase. The way she told it, I'm like, if she could just write a script, mm-hmm. that alone could be a fucking movie. Just so about the good. staircase. Yeah, yeah. A one fucking staircase. Yeah. It was so good. At least a short film. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So then, say her name again. At Say Grace. G-R-A-C-E-E. Two, three. Perfect. Uh-huh. Shout out, Grace. Yeah. Um, 
hold on. Okay, so that kind of reminds me of, I just, it's a very special time in our lives right now. My 11-year-old went to a sleepover for one of their best friend's birthdays last night. That is not abnormal. That is very normal. I They're always sleeping the night at someone's house or I always have kids at my house. And they didn't borrow my Ouija board? <laughs> well, listen, I called last night to like ask them something. And you know what they were all doing? All of these 11, 12-year-old girls. Light as a feather. Watching The Conjuring 3. Ooh. And like all hanging out together in the living room, camped out, watching a scary movie. Amazed. And I was like, ah. That's so cute. It's all coming back around. It's the start of mine and B's friendship. Oh, I love it. Love it so, so much. That was so cute. And she did get, they went, um, they went shopping. They took the drive to Sacramento, went to like Old Town Sac. Went shopping. They found like kind of a witchy, gothy store. And um, my kid got um, them and their girlfriend got matching Ouija. What do you call those things you put your fingers on? I don't know. The little game piece. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little token around. Yeah. But they got matching necklaces. <laughs> so Ouija cute. necklaces. So you I know. would so wear that. <laughs> yeah. I have a Ouija board bracelet. I don't wear it because it's really big. Okay. But it's like the layout of a Ouija board, but on like a silver cuff. I should give it to my kid. They'd love it. They'd wear it all the time. So yeah, I just, you know, you're talking about haunted houses and it reminded me of these kids all getting around watching The Conjuring 3, which I haven't even seen. So now my kids see it and I haven't. That's great. And they said that they're never going to sleep in a water bed (laughs) or take a shower again. So obviously it's going to do with water. Um. Well, speaking of haunted houses in the water, I also watched The Woman in the House across the street from the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that last week, but I don't think we'd watched it yet. We had not. No. And because I was maybe thinking about watching it with Nick and then it would have taken two years. And I'm glad I didn't because it's very much so like a suspenseful book. Yeah. Right. It's like almost like a chicky type, like a gone girl, right. whatever. Which is the title alone is the vibe I got from right. it. I so she's reading a book do. that's yeah. titled like that. And it is they do describe it, I think, as like a dark comedy, which I mean, it's not like you're laughing. Yeah. Like, it wasn't very funny. No, I'd really enjoyed it. They're super short episodes, like a half hour. Oh, it's a series. Uh-huh. I thought it was a movie. Nope. I did, too. Yeah. No, mm. they're episodes. Um loved it great yeah super quick easy a lot of fun i would like it i think so like okay. I, I like it's those are the just of books i read it's so. like a book and yeah. that's why i'm like i really enjoyed it because of that and i don't think nick would have enjoyed it because of that right and i will say i was convinced that i had it figured out and i fucking didn't amazing so that's always a good time mm-hmm. and i actually read a for real book what i know i'm telling you the time you had on your hands i'm telling you yeah what I book had, did you read i ended up doing this um between i had dance class back to back so the last thing he told me mm-hmm. it's uh a reese's book club is it by laura dern no oh <laughs> i could you um <laughs> right <laughs> i would buy it just i know i'm like that. she for sure read that because it's a laura dern book <laughs> no it's laura dave and i didn't buy it a client gave it to me okay it was it, good it was is it like a murder mystery is it a romance is it it's a suspenseful thriller uh-huh. mystery okay yeah no one dies so. well that's okay yeah no it's very much like a hmm, like a brain teaser type of thing perfect mm-hmm Awesome. We talked about Kanye going off the cliff. 
We, Did you? I think I cut that part out. Oh, <gasps> you cut out our Kanye? <laughs> I think I did because at the time, it's just everybody's talking about it. And I'm yeah. like, do these people really want to hear another five minutes about Kanye West? And I always want to hear more about Kanye West and yeah, his crazy. I know. And <laughs> I have watched, I will say I've watched the Gene, was it Gene Yus? I tried. I put on the first episode. Well, it's not really your thing. It's not. It was too slow. I think it's very well done. It just was not the my The first thing. two episodes are great. Yeah. I'm halfway through the third episode, and now they're starting to lose me because this is when we're getting into the Kanye MAGA era, mm-hmm. when he really goes off his medication and gets squirrely. And that's just not a Kanye West I'm interested in. No. Besides the, like, it's, like, crazy to talk about. But other than that, that's not the, I don't need to see that shit. So where I saw it once. On that note, that's where I am with Kanye right now. Yeah. This is not a Kanye that anyone's interested to be around or talking about right now. This fucking music video with that he Pete put Davidson, out. With sweet, sweet Pete Davidson. Did you love watch so much. it? No, I'm not even going to give it a watch. Holy fuck. But I saw, the, I saw like what you're showing me, like the pictures, the stills of it. Oh my God. It's so aggressive. I cannot believe. Again, we said this before and I cut it out. So I guess I'm not repeating myself for you guys. I'm not a Kardashian hater. I'm a Kardashian indifferent person. I don't care one way or the other. They they do that. Live your life. Make Mm -hmm. your money. I don't really care. But God damn it. If he's not making me feel so fucking sorry for Kim. uh, It's so much to deal with. Okay. So I think more than anything besides all of the graphic images, the very end where he has everyone lived happily ever after except Skeet, which was crossed out. And then they put in writing, you know who. It's like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> My favorite thing is that he has the nerve to try to tell the court that he hasn't made any kind of like derogatory or threatening <sighs> social right. media posts about. And I Kim think the, the very next day she was declared single. Yeah, like literally the next day. And they were like, what more do we And need? he's like, well, I don't run my social media. So you can't say it was me. Cut to a picture of him that he posted on Instagram holding up a sign saying, it's, I run my social right? media. Right? <laughs> like, what the fuck, bro? He honestly, first of all, like we joke about it because it's like famous people. But what he's really doing is abusive. It's abusive. It's stalking. It's horrific. And he should fucking probably be taken down for it in due time. Everyone. And he needs, he needs fucking mental health. I was going to say everyone in this situation suffering. It's bad for the kids. It's bad for the family. It's bad for his mental health. It's he bad needs, for Pete's mental health. It's bad. For, it's bad for everyone's mental health. He needs he needs some sort of intervention and medication. Which and is why I love Pete's like. Bro, it's okay to take the medication. I From a take couple years ago, yeah. The medication. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, take it. That aged so, so well. Because <laughs> that's from like two, three years ago. Right? It's like, just take it. Anyways, yeah. It's wild. One last wild and fucking crazy thing. Okay, hit me. A fucking Jeffrey Dahmer wannabe love child. What? Just check, listen. This This is alone the headline. Wisconsin woman choked lover to death during sex while high on drugs, used a bread knife to dismember him, then dumped his head and genitals in a bucket and his legs in a crock pot. What? (laughs) With a bread knife? That's the fucking headline. Dude, how sharp is that bread knife? Is that bread line? Uh, the (laughs) The bread knife, right? 
Yeah. What? Uh-huh. Charged Tuesday with first degree intentional homicide and mutilating of a corpse. Oh, my God. But yeah, all of those things. I was just like, wow. And the craziest part is, I guess, she left the bucket at the bottom of the stairs of the basement of his mom's home. So the mom, <laughs> like, God. went down the stairs because she thought she heard something and then, like, looked around and then saw the bucket and lifted up the sheet. Jesus like, Christ. Yeah. So there you go, guys. That's what I did for the last two weeks. So I want to do a throwback to last episode, which was... Um, Sid and Nancy. Sid and Nancy. Last week's episode, I had the take that... It takes two to tango yeah. and that Nancy was a bit of a scapegoat and a bit of a fall guy. And it's really hard to find things to like back that up because everybody that was on the scene back then kind of just blamed Nancy and said really horrific things about Nancy that I, I felt was a little unjust and unfair. Okay. And so then what pops up, but this article, it's from a few years ago um, from New York Magazine, an article by Karen Schomer. And it takes a more sympathetic point of view for Nancy. Okay. And she interviews a guy who was on the scene back then. I believe his name is Legs. Love it. And they like have lunch together and talk about it. And he takes the point of view that Nancy was not as bad as everybody said, that he actually quite liked Nancy and that she took kind of the fall for the whole thing. For sure. Um, And he's like, and people talked about how outrageous she was and how this she was and He's like, yeah, she was, you know, like chaotic and violent and a bit of a junkie and out of control. He's like, but everybody, everybody on the was. punk scene was. Yeah. He brought up the great point that Johnny Rotten from the Ramones held a knife to his own mother's throat. Like, okay. And people just let that go because he's Johnny Rotten and it's punk rock. And he's like, Sid was out there whiling out and people just let it go because he's Sid Vicious and that's punk. Yeah. But once the woman does it and Them. she's like so brazen about it everyone has a fucking issue mm -hmm. so i just thought that that was a great and the article timing. Mm -hmm. the timing was perfect and um i just wanted to read this ex excerpt from the article it's actually i think how the article ends they're talking about how they're um the author is describing how they're like having like lunch at a diner or whatever okay. it's like a diner that they, they used to go to a lot in new york like everybody on the scene used to go to that diner yeah 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 so she's talking about that guy legs and um, so I'll start here. It says he wants his old New York back. He glances at a girl in slutty sex in the city clothes that aren't slutty anymore. Talking on her cell phone while her dining companion gazes patiently into space. The sight brings out a little of his old fire. I don't know who the fuck they're talking to. He sneers. Are they talking to other people in restaurants eating breakfast? Where's Nancy when you need her? She would have hated it here. She wouldn't have lasted a minute. I just thought that was an interesting yeah. quote. But yeah, so there you go. I read that. Great article. I'm not alone in my take on Nancy. Right. No. Like I said, I want to believe your version. That's just not the picture painted in the story. Or in, in the, the movie. movie. Yeah. But you watch the movie. Yeah. Movies always want to take the fucking dramatic of bestseller course. route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think they're equally bad. Yeah. I think they were both up to, like, shenanigans. Yeah, 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 for sure. All right. I got a question. Is Henry a real person? Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Who? Yeah. 
Well, That's the point of the podcast, B. No, I know, but just because they call him like Henry. No, like he's very much your friend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just let you guys know this is episode 65. Yeah. We are doing Henry Lee Lucas. Okay. Not to be confused with uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, who is the guy who shot JFK. Why would I confuse I it? confused <laughs> that. <laughs> Like, why the fuck? I kept see, whenever I see Henry, the name Henry Lee Lucas, I think of apparently Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> and it's not the same person. Okay. Yeah, because um, I've heard of Lee Harvey Oswald for yeah. obvious reasons, and yeah. I've never heard of Henry. Yeah, well, you know, you're not on the true crime Ooh, circuit. Yeah. But that's why I never paid attention to who he was. Because yeah, yeah. I thought it was Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, who gives a fuck? You're like, no one cares. <laughs> It's presidents. And B reviewed the movie Henry. Serial or portrait of a serial killer. I watched one and two. Oh, oh there's a sequel? Amazing. <laughs> yes. yes, there is. There's also apparently a docuseries on Netflix that came out, I think, a couple years ago <laughs> called The Confession Killer. Oh. Again, didn't know what that was. I had no clue what it was. It's all over my Netflix. I never paid attention to it. And it has to be, it's about him? It's about him. Okay. Because that's his moniker now, is the confession killer. Ooh, that's like his nickname. Okay. I just didn't know he existed, so I didn't know that was a thing. Amazing. It'd be like if they made one called The Iceman. Right. It would be about <laughs> right. whoever that guy's We're name like, was. Yeah. Was it Stan Polinsky? <laughs> no, it was Lou. <laughs> Lou, <laughs> Lou Kuklinski. That's right. So I got everything <laughs> from a two-part episode of our favorite podcast, Serial Killers, article from medium.com just written by a guy or girl or person named sal <laughs> thanks sal i think it was a picture of what seemed like a man but who knows right we we can't i'm assume. not going to assume but no. just one name sal thanks sal an article by i'm trying to remember because i didn't write it down an article by digital spy oh I looked at all things interesting. It's the same shit that everything else said. And I did not watch this. But like I said, confession of a killer. Maybe I'll go back and watch it now. I'm curious to watch it now. See all the stuff I missed. Yeah. No, no. I want to watch it. All right. You ready? Henry Lee Lucas is born August 23rd, 1936 in Virginia. That makes him a Virgo. He's born into an extremely poor family his parents are alcoholics. He's the youngest of nine siblings, seven of which are already... Nine? Seven of which are already in foster care. Nine! Wow. When I, mean, when I say he grew up poor, I mean he grew up poor, poor. Real poor. His dad's a moonshiner. And he has like a semi-okay relationship with Henry. It's not as bad as Henry's relationship with his mom, who for whatever reason just fucking hates this kid. Yeah. She's extremely abusive. She's also a sex worker. Um, when he's a child, his dad gets drunk and passes out on train tracks and loses both of his legs. So now he's a double, was a double amputee, mm-hmm. which leaves mom in charge. And this is where shit really starts to spiral. <coughs> She's more abusive than ever. She beats Henry horrifically. She forces him to dress as a girl and go to school that way. And the only thing that stops her is the teachers threatening to, I think, like call the authorities. Oh, wow. She also forces him to go everywhere barefoot, even to school, even in the wintertime. And worst of all, she forces him to watch her have sex with her clients. Okay. If he doesn't watch, he is beaten for it. 
In fact, his earliest known memory is that of watching his mother have sex with clients in yeah. front of him. Yeah, yeah. This affects him pretty bad, especially because he so he we're already starting off with a pretty low IQ. Yeah. He has an IQ of 87. And then you throw on top of that good old fashioned head trauma. What all of our most famous serial killers have Mm -hmm. when he's eight years old his mom beats him with a wooden board so bad that he passes out he's unconscious for 36 hours with his mom claiming that he's faking it 36 hours but he's actually fallen into a coma he finally wakes up and then when he's 10 years old he gets into a fight with his brother who hits him in the eye with a knife and causes it to get infected, which, of course, his mother neglects to clean or take care of, and he ends up losing his eye. Wow. In one, to me, redeeming story that they said was he would use, he would take his glass eye out and then make scary faces to scare the other kids, and I think that's kind of funny. Oh, my God, you would. (laughs) You would think that was funny. I don't know. Glass eyes kind of creep me out. Of course they creep you out, but you don't think it's funny to watch a kid like scare other kids? Well, a kid scare other kids, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's gaping. I think they like, I think your eyes just shut. Oh, no, because he had the glass eye. Yeah, so he's got to have a socket to put it in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) We had, my, um, my aunt had a friend, a neighbor for the longest time, and she had a glass eye. Yeah. And she would use it to trick people. Of course. She would like put it in like a drink. Girl. And like leave it out on a glass. If I had a glass eye, I'd have the most fun with it. I'm talking about other people. No, I know. Yeah. No, she would like, she would do the same thing. She'd like, if kids didn't know about it, she would just take it out. Or she'd put it in drinks. Mm -hmm. Or she would, um, if it was like somebody's birthday, she'd like put it on their birthday cake. (laughs) The one time I fucking scratched my cornea or whatever and had to wear an eye patch. Every day I printed out a new eye. Yeah. I had an eagle eye. I had a SpongeBob eye. Amazing. Like every day I had a new eye. I had so much fun with that. Of course. Yeah. Anything for a theme. Oh, right. <laughs> Absolutely anything. <laughs> the year after he loses his eye, <laughs> his dad gets into a big fight with his mom. He's drunk. He goes outside into the snow where he falls asleep and he dies of hyperthermia. Oh. So now there's really nobody left for Henry in his life. He turns into, I mean, we're talking about a highly, like a hot, an extremely needy child. Mm -hmm. Very much in need for attention. And he starts to become a sexual deviant. He starts killing animals and then he has sex with the animals' bodies. He also has been reported to have sex with his half-brother. He drops out of school in the sixth grade and runs away. He claims that his first murder was when he was 17, a girl named Laura, who he was like hitting on and she denied him and he killed her. However, and this is an ongoing theme with Henry, there's no evidence to back this up. So there's no, he later recanted and said that he was lying. Okay. Hold on. We're pouring a drink. What did I get? I got blueberry acai. Oh, there was a berry pack at Relays. In 1954, he is arrested for the first time at 18 years old. This is for a couple counts of burglary. He spends four years in prison, and it's very interesting because he actually reacts really well to prison. I bet. Because for the first time in his life, he has 
constant food, <clears throat> running water, heat, electricity, a yeah. place to sleep. Uh-huh. So he actually Discipline, he I actually mean. does fairly well in prison. But he still does try to escape a couple times and he's caught. He's finally released in September of 1959 when he moves to Michigan to live with his half sister. Everything's going well. He's working. He meets a girl named Stella who he falls in love with and plans to ask to marry him. This is like the first actual like love in his mm-hmm. life that he's ever had. Mm-hmm. And so things aren't bad until his 74-year-old cunt of a mom, Viola, comes up to Michigan. She wants Henry to come home because she's getting older and he needs to help take care of her in her Fuck old age. you. That's how he feels. So not only does she want him to come home, but he, she wants him to dump Stella. He's not going to be allowed to see her anymore. Right. So on the night of January 11th, 1960, they're fighting about this when his mom, Viola, starts to hit him with a broom handle. And Henry snaps and he blacks out and he hits, he says hits, a.k.a. stabs his mother in the neck with a knife and kills her pretty much instantly and hits the road. It's a shitty of me that I'm kind of bummed that she died instantly. (laughs) So when asked about this later, Henry said, quote, all I remember was slapping her alongside the neck. But after I did that, I saw her fall and decided to grab her. But she fell to the floor, and when I went back to pick her up, I realized she was dead. Then I noticed that I had a knife in my hand, and she had been cut. So he flees, and he's arrested a few days later in Oklahoma. He's charged with second-degree murder. He tries to claim self-defense. It doesn't work. He's found guilty and sentenced to 20 to 40 years in prison. Dang. However, due to overcrowding in that prison, he's released 10 years later. Wow. Next year, in 1971, he's arrested again for the attempted kidnapping of two teenage girls. He goes back to prison for that. And now he's starting to hear the voice of his dead mother whispering to him to do bad things. Okay, Jason. This leads to a few suicide attempts, which obviously don't pan out. Um, And it also leads to the prison okaying shock therapy and this is like back in the day when it was the, I mean, all shock therapy is probably bad, but this is the really bad fucking shock therapy mm-hmm. where they way overdid it when the patient was still awake and could feel oh it. My, and oh, man. I can't. He does warn authorities to not let him out of prison. Okay. He says, if you let me out, I'm going I'm to do all kinds of bad shit. I'm safer. I'm better. Everyone's safer if I'm in here. Yeah. Of course. There's nothing they can do about that. So they release him in August of 1975. He's fallen in love with the family friend who had been writing him in prison. So they hook up. They get married. Mm. She has three kids. So now he has three stepkids. And because history repeats itself, he starts molesting and sexually assaulting these kids, even on the wedding night. Of course. Threatens the kids that he will kill their mother if they say anything. But a couple years goes by and at least one of the kids can't take it anymore. They go to their mom. They explain it. She cuts off ties with him immediately. Oh, my goodness. Divorces him immediately. And he just, again, books it. Yeah. Runs for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He then moves. I think he's like drifting kind of on the road for a little bit. Again, later in his confessions, he's claiming that he's on this like crazy killing spree. But... We'll talk about that later. Okay. He eventually finds himself in Jacksonville, Florida, where he meets one 
Otis Tool mm. at a soup kitchen. So surprise, this is a twofer. So there's another serial killer. Yeah. Otis Tool. And the only movie that has Otis Tool in it is the one you watched. Yep. So we got to talk about both of them because it's our only time to talk about Otis. For sure. I was hoping Otis had his own movie, but he <laughs> We don't not. talk about Bruno, but we talk about Otis. <laughs> talk about Otis Tool. Otis Tool is born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> Can we just acknowledge the name? Yeah. Otis Tool. In March 5th. Oh. Mm. I just wrote March 5th, 4. So I'm going to assume it's 40 something. <laughs> you know, it's whatever. Yeah. But he's born March 5th, which makes him a Pisces. Okay. So we have a Virgo and a Pisces. This will come up later. Otis surprisingly has almost the exact same fucking childhood as Henry. And it's wild that these two had the same set of circumstances and then found each other. Okay. I can't wait. He has an alcoholic dad. Got it. Who ends up abandoning the family, leaving him with an abusive cunt of a mom. Okay. The mom forces him to cross dress as a girl and calls him Susan, what? allows the um, her friends and neighbors and even family members to rape Otis. I mean, starting at the age of like very fucking young, wow. four or five years old. Yeah. This goes on for his whole childhood. He also has a low IQ. His is 75. He said that he knew he was gay by the age of 10. As a teen, he drops out of the 10th grade Runs away from home, becomes a sex worker at gay bars, and kind of just drifts around the country supporting himself through sex work. He is the prime suspect in at least two murders. And so this kind of forces him, like the heat's on him. Yeah. So he moves back to Jacksonville, Florida, where he meets a woman, gets married. Um, but he admits that that's sort of a... She's his beard, yeah. basically, to yeah. conceal the fact that he's gay. And even though they're married, he still fucks men. Yeah. And this is when we meet up to meeting Henry. Okay. So they're a Virgo and a Pisces. And just to let you guys know, I looked it up. Virgo and Pisces are magnetically drawn together. From the first minute they meet, they will be unable to resist each other. Wow. And this is true of our guys. They are instant BFFs. I mean, how could they not be? Uh, very much. They're like Thelma and Louise. Right. So Henry actually moves into Otis's family home, which is Otis, his parents, his wife, and his very young niece and nephew, who they take care of because their parents have fucked off somewhere. Cool. Henry immediately makes himself part of the family. Um... Everyone really likes him. Him and Otis start up a sexual sexual relationship. Interesting. They're together in that way. Wow. But the person that Henry is very obsessed with is Otis's 11-year-old niece, who I hate to do this, but I can't remember her real first name because I didn't fucking write it down. But Henry gives her the nickname Becky. Yeah. Which is not anywhere... In Close to her real name. It's not oh, even an offshoot. So she's not a Rebecca. No, or, no. She's yeah. something completely different. Cool. And he just decides that Emily. Becky yeah. <laughs> is her name. Right. Wow. Right. Her name's Teresa. And it's like, we're going to call her Margaret. He starts grooming Becky almost immediately. Ugh. He starts the process young. Oh, well, you said she was 11. 11. Oh. Now, both Henry and Otis are working. They have, like, manual labor jobs. 
But they do start their killing spree. Mm -hmm. They kind of go out in their car at night. They drive, even though they're in Florida, they're driving to like Texas and Oklahoma and like all these like southwestern states, which feels like it would be hard to do. Okay. But that's what they're doing. Apparently, they're going on these road trips. I'll go over a couple of them. Um, Texas, 1979. They jump 24-year-old Yolanda Garcia, where they rape her and stab her in the chest and genitals, killing her. The next night in Oklahoma City, they stab, mutilate, and dismember 23-year-old Arlie Bell Killian. And October 79, they rob a store that's owned by a married couple, they shoot both of the the couple, kill them, steal some beer, mm-hmm. steal some money, whatever. Yeah. They're getting away with all these murders. They're starting to feel invincible, yeah. untouchable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Halloween night, 1979, Henry is alone. Otis is not with him. He's driving around in Oklahoma where he picks up a young woman who's hitchhiking. He rapes her in the back seat of his car. He chokes her to death. He has sex with her body afterwards and then leaves her naked in a ditch with only her pair of orange socks on her feet. This is outside of Austin, Texas. The authorities never ID her. And so she's just known as orange socks. Wow. That's a bummer. Now, she is one of the many bodies that they have popping up all over the interstate and in the southwest, and the cops are starting to get desperate. Henry is now sexually abusing 12-year-old Becky back at home at the Otis house. Yep. No one's stopping it. Um, and now Becky's starting to, like, almost become attached to Otis. Mm-hmm. She's never had a... F- or, oh, I keep saying Otis. I'm sorry. Henry starts sexually abusing Becky. She's starting to, like, become very attached to Becky. Yeah. I mean, to Henry. And he's kind of like the father figure that she never had, which is really fucked well, up. And but also, I feel so awful for I her. I mean, a 12-year-old girl, talk about the most impressionable. Yeah. Yeah, that's the perfect time. Yep. Um. So at, when she's 14, this is January 1982, Henry and Otis take Becky on a road trip with them. So basically they kidnap her. And she goes along with them on this like rape and killing spree that they tear across the country doing, doing the same shit I just mentioned, yeah. raping people, mutilating people. And she's in on it or she's, she's just she's along being forced for the to ride. watch it. Yeah. OK. She's being forced to watch it. Yeah. So this goes on for a while. And then Henry realizes that he would rather it just be him and Becky. Mm-hmm. So he leaves Otis behind, which infuriates Otis. Duh. He goes on a little killing spree for like the next year because he's very heartbroken. Okay. And he's eventually arrested. Okay. Meanwhile, Henry and Becky are hitchhiking all the way out to Hammond, California. Hammond, hey. <laughs> I don't even know where that is. No clue. They meet um, a married couple, the Smarts, mm. who picked them up hitchhiking. In 1982, the Smarts think that Henry and Becky are like a poor married couple. So like down on their luck. Yeah, they invite them to stay in their home for like just exchange in exchange for like, you know, work around the house. Okay. They do that for a bit until May 1982. The husband, Mr. Smart, 
uh, comes up with the great idea of them actually moving out to Texas to work on his mom, Kate's farm. And same sort of thing. They can stay there. They can help Kate in exchange for farm work, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Uh, let's see where they're going. They even bought Henry and Becky, like the bus tickets yeah. out to Texas yeah, yeah, yeah. to work on Mama Kate's farm. Mm-hmm. They do that. Kate's a wonderful woman. She's a godly woman. Um, she's lovely. And she really loves Becky. Okay. Her and Becky bond. They become very close. This makes Henry very jealous. So Henry starts stealing things from Kate, like money, checks. Kate kicks them both out. They go a little bit down the road and find housing at this, like, church. <clears throat> Henry tries to keep Becky isolated in, like, a shed on the church's property while he works for, like, the pastor. Fun. But because it's a church and there's a pastor involved, he <sighs> they both go to church on Sundays and as Becky's meeting more and more people from the community and going to these church services, right. she's starting to like key into the fact that this is fucked up. Right. Nothing about her life is normal. Right. Or good. Of course. And she starts to like get really homesick and she wants to escape and go home. Unfortunately, Henry catches her before she has a chance to fully escape. He stabs Becky in the chest out by a truck stop. And after she dies, he rapes and mutilates and dismembers her corpse. He hides the parts of her corpse in a pillowcase. Henry then returns to the church and just like acts like, oh, yeah, she just went home. She was homesick. She left. And everyone buys this except for bad bitch Kate, who is very sus of Henry and calls him up and is badgering him and pestering him, demanding to know where Becky is. To the point where he can't take it anymore. So he offers Kate a ride to church one Sunday. Uh They don't go to the church. They go to some woods in Oklahoma where, again, he stabs Kate, rapes and mutilates her body. Kate. And he leaves her body somewhere. Sorry, Kate. Yeah. Her family obviously reports her missing pretty quickly. And... They realize that the last person to be known to be with Kate is Henry. And he's also the last person that was known to be with Becky, who has now been missing for about a month. Okay. So they start putting it together. Henry at this point is again going all over the country. He finally breaks down and calls that pastor again for a job, asking if he could come back and work because he's desperate. And the pastor's like, yeah, of course you can. Ew. No. The pastor then calls the cops. Yes. To tell him that Henry's on his way back into town. So the cops pull Henry in for questioning. They have nothing they can keep him on. It's like the one time I'm like, well, go past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have nothing they can keep him on. So they have to release him. But then in 1983, authorities bring him in on a firearm charge. Mm. Where they interrogate him. Interrogate interrogate Interrogate, him and Henry eventually confesses to Kate and Becky's murders and takes the police to their remains wow now this starts a completely insane confession spree where Henry starts confessing here we go to hundreds upon hundreds of murders hundreds upon hundreds hundreds upon hundreds and the cops are stoked. 
Because they're like, yes, we are closing cases left and right. So facts are lining up? No. Okay. Nope. No facts are lining up. But the cops are just Timelines like, don't make sense. Yeah. There's times where it's on record that Henry's actually working in Florida with Otis and he's confessing to murders all the way out in Texas and Oklahoma and the gotcha, Southwest. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And it's also that uh, questioning that detectives will like catch flack for where they're like leading the witness or, right. or leading the suspect. Henry can kind of read their expressions and realize when he's saying something right versus when he's saying something wrong. They set him up with the question so he'll know what to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, he can never actually lead them to like evidence or remains or any of that. There are some cases that he confesses to that he can do that. There are some cases where he knows things that only the investigators know, Mm -hmm. but they're few and far between. Okay. So why would he do this? Why Mm -hmm. would he make so many false confessions? First of all, he's getting the attention that he's been starved for since he was a child. Okay, Kanye West of serial killers. Yeah. Ted Bundy. (laughs) Exactly. He is their number one superstar right now. Yeah. He he knows he's already going down for murder. Yeah. Probably spending the rest of his life in prison. I want the biggest numbers. Yeah. I want the biggest name, the most attention. I'm going down in a blaze of glory. On top of that, as he's... Because he's confessing and being so forthcoming, he's getting kind of treated really well. He's not Mm. being chained up. He Mm -hmm. kind of has free reign of his environment. They're providing him. I'll tell you whatever you want, baby. They're providing him with as much strawberry milkshakes and cigarettes as he can ingest. Incredible. He's taking them, air quote, out to like kill sites or remains or whatever. And so then they will like stop and get fast food. He gets to be outside, go on field trips. So that's another reason he keeps confessing. Um, There's not too much that I know about Otis right now. I actually didn't really write down. I'll look it up in a minute. I don't know a ton about Otis right now. I can tell you that Otis is also giving a lot of like weird false confessions. It starts to get murky over like how much are they lying and how much are they just insane for instance, they talk about like joining the satanic cult and all the stuff they had to do for the cult. Henry tells the authorities about all these like the the satanic cult like branding they had. Okay. But or like tattoos, mm-hmm. tattoos maybe. And he doesn't have any of those tattoos. And so mm-hmm. then he says stuff like, Well, once I found Christ, they all disappeared off my body. Right. So it's like some of it's Obviously, all of it's him lying, but how much is it that he's really lying and how much is it that he's just fucking insane? Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of those murders get recanted okay. by Henry. A lot of them in the future get like basically debunked by investigators and journalists who do the work. Also, at some point, like DNA and forensic evidence comes into play that yeah. debunks a lot of them. And that really sucks for the victim's families because they thought they had closure and now it's opened again and nobody's going to actually reopen hundreds of cases that they closed. So they're probably not getting the attention they deserve, right? Now, Henry is convicted of 11 homicides that they have evidence that he for sure killed those people. Okay, He's sentenced to death for one of them being... 
orange socks who is later found out to be 23 year old deborah jackson yay orange socks gets a name so rest in peace deborah oh his death sentence is commuted to a life sentence by none other than george bush senior thanks bruh why i don't know oh fuck you because he's the fucking worst and then on March 12th, 2001, at 11 o'clock p.m., Henry is found dead in prison from heart failure. He's 64 years old. Well, there we go. We didn't need to waste whatever death penalty on you. Just fucking die. And I believe Otis died because um, that was 2001. Otis died like in the 90s in prison. So, yeah, it's just like really up in the air of how many people he killed. Some people said that he only killed that 11. Some people believe that he killed hundreds. Some people think they killed somewhere in the middle. I'm for sure not going to go as far as hundreds. Yeah, the ones that he, like all of those ones that he confessed to, they just found it physically impossible for him to do it. Yeah. They're like there's no way timeline wise that he could make the drive from here to there to there to do all those killings when they happened. Yeah. So, you know, I guess it's a mystery because both him and Otis are dead and we'll never know. I don't think they were sane enough to give us a true answer anyways. But there you go. That is the story of Henry Lee Lucas, not Lee Harvey Oswald and Otis Toole. (laughs) Incredible. Uh, And I'm sure they go way more into the confessions in that Netflix docuseries, The Confession Killer. But, you know, you got the gist of it. Right. He confessed to a bunch of bullshit he didn't do. that's not what we're here for. In fact, a little side note for our true crime fanatics. um, Otis even, they believe, falsely confessed to the murder of Adam Walsh, who you probably don't know who that is, B. I do not. Do you remember that show, America's Most Wanted? Yeah. That was hosted by John Walsh. Okay. And the reason John Walsh started that show was because his son was kidnapped from a store. And that was Adam Walsh. And they never actually discovered what happened to Adam. Wow. But Otis, like, confessed to killing him. But again... That's attention grabbing. But when Adam disappeared and from the location he disappeared from... Like, it was on record that Otis was, like, working in Florida. Yeah. So they confessed to all kinds of shit that they did not do. Yeah, totally attention-grabbing. All right. Tell me about Henry. First, I want to just go over some of the cast names. I'm very excited about who plays Henry Lee Lucas. I'm not even going to go into that, but just literally, this is how people... The very first one on the list. The first one. Dead Woman. Hooker number one. And that's them saying that I am DB. This is on the internet, people. This is in type. (laughs) Dead couple. Floating woman. Mall shopper. Mall victim. Hitchhiker. (laughs) So out of all of those, what would you what would you want your title to be? Oh, there's more. Wait. Hooker two. (laughs) High school jock. Bum one. And bum two. That would be that's us. us. That's, that's us. us. That's why I needed to get to the second bum page. Bum one and bum two would be us. There, there's also a bum three, but he gets as Frank Coronado. Why does he get? No, oh, he's fucking special. <laughs> mm. Murdered family husband, murdered family son, murdered family wife. Just murdered family, man. 
uh, hairstylist, store clerk, dog walker. Well, in all fairness, then I think I'd be hairstylist. You'd be dog walker. Yeah. But I'm like, wow, guys. (laughs) Y'all don't get names. So I just, I had to share that. That was a really good time. It's also worth noting that this movie, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, as I mentioned, part one. I will say real quick, a throwback to a couple weeks ago. Do you know the dentist has a sequel? Yeah. Okay. There's no way in hell you could pay me. No, no, I know. To watch. But when I was looking at pictures for Instagram, uh, yeah, no, I'm like, the dentist too. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> mm. Um, it was made the same year as Sid and Nancy. Holy shit! Yeah, 1968 or 1986. <laughs> I get to the 1960. We are opening with a close up of a dead woman lying in a grassy field. As the camera is slowly panning away and we see lacerations to the torso and we hear the sounds of birds chirping in the background. So just based on that, can you think of a, a movie we've talked about? Right? Woman, dead body, grassy field. Yeah. Black Dahlia. Perfect. Definitely. Like total Black Dahlia vibes. Okay. Episode 53. It's not what I thought about at all. So that's What'd you think about? Um, my first thought was horror movies and I couldn't get there in my right? head. That was like when you asked me, it's always my first thought is going right. to be. A, I was trying to go through every horror movie uh-huh. that we'd seen. And then I was starting to land on, um, strong Island, strong tea, mm, mm-hmm. the long, uh, Lisk, the long Island serial killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause they found her in like a marshy, For sure. grassy place. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Immediately we cut to a diner counter where we see, a man paying his bill but we only see him from behind we don't see his face and he's complimenting the waitress on her nice smile making her blush (laughs) so he's somewhat charming Mm -hmm. i guess we'll say and then there's another dead body we get an elderly couple this time in their 60s um one lying across like a counter of a liquor store Oh, this is the store couple. Uh-huh. And one on the floor. We don't ever get to see what happened to them, but we hear their cries for help in the Aww. background. Yeah. Next up, we got a dark motel room, blood-covered bed, Damn, phone just ringing going it, off huh? the hook, sounds of the shower from the bathroom where we see another dead woman partly dressed in a black and red lacy lingerie set. Propped, sitting up on the toilet, blood streaming down her face and chest from what appears to be like a glass bottle shoved into oh, the side of her face. Mm-hmm. Finally, we see the face of the man from the diner as he's cruising around in his dun 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 Chevy Impala. <laughs> <laughs> And in the movie, he hasn't been introduced yet, but obviously, this is Henry. And he is played by Michael Rourke. No, sorry. Is it Rourke? Rooker? Michael Rooker. Rooker. Yeah, Merle. Merle, (laughs) motherfucker, is Merle. Or the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. Both great characters. Yeah. Either way. More dead bodies. (laughs) We got another woman, partly dressed face down in a stream 
So right now, we're within the first six minutes of the movie. How hopeful am I? Right? Mm -hmm. All these dead bodies. Henry is sitting in his car in a parking lot of a mall waiting for his next victim. He chooses another woman, follows her home. She pulls in. A gentleman meets her in the driveway, so he bounces. She's not down for that. Luckily for him, though, he comes across said female hitchhiker that you also referenced. Orange socks. Orange socks. There you go. Then we see in an airport terminal, Becky, who is much older. I'd say at least 19. Wow. At least. Maybe they were uncomfortable having an actual child be this character. Because she has her own child. Oh, interesting. Yeah. She's waiting at this airport terminal for her, it seemed like, brother, stepbrother, Otis. And I don't know who the fuck Becky is. She looked familiar. Like, she literally reminded me of Becky from Roseanne. I'll look it up real quick while you talk. Oh, I looked her up. Like, she's nobody. To you. Yeah. She's nobody to you. Well, I looked on the whole IMDb, but yeah. Um, But Otis... Meow, 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 is Deputy George Wydell, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects. He was a security guard at Smith Grove Sanitarium and Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween. All the Rob Zombie movies. Right, referenced in episode 17. Like, Otis is everything. Becky is fresh out of a bad relationship, having to leave her daughter with her mom while she's trying to start a life over with Otis in Chicago. Um, at Otis's house, Becky is first introduced to Henry. He is renting a room. And according to him, he's planning to move to fucking California. Well, guess what? Fuck you. California doesn't want you. That's right. Henry is working part-time as an exterminator, and he uses his uniform off work to grant access into people's homes, which made me think very much a Boston Strangler. Right. Right. The, Epis- I'm a maintenance guy. Yeah, episode 41. Um, so he does. He gets into this woman's house. We see him uh, sneak in, and then we see her body left behind as he walks out the door. He um, wraps a cable cord around her neck. Besides renting, our little entrepreneur Otis likes to make money by uh, dealing drugs at the local gas station where he also pumps gas and works behind the counter and all that kind of good stuff. Real quick. She is from her name is Kelly Curran and she was in episodes of Shameless but she's also in a movie that you would never fucking ever watch in your life called Argo, which won like Oscars. It's a Ben Affleck directed movie. That That's won so a ton stupid. Of shit. That's so funny. I know, but she has done stuff. I'm like, this, I don't know who the fuck Becky is. This right? <laughs> she's she looks the, like she was in Roseanne. She's but. only in the Oscar winning <laughs> film Argo. Fuck Argo. <laughs> but Roseanne, John Goodman's in that movie and he plays the best character in Argo. So wow. very close reference. Ever since John Goodman did that weird sci-fi Cloverfield Lane, yeah, I yeah. was, I was like, how could you do that to me? Because like 
love him. Love I'm him. Like, how could how could you? I actually betray- never watched that because I didn't like the first Cloverfield, oh. so I never watched that one. So again, I can stand by my stance that John Goodman doesn't make a bad movie. Yeah, because you because don't I have it. not seen Cloverfield. Yeah, you, for, good for you. He is great in Argo. You would love his character. Forever unclean. I can't unsee it. Okay. One night while preparing dinner, Becky asks Otis how he met Henry. He's like, you don't want to know. Okay. She thinks he's joking. So she pushes further. He's like, look, we met in prison he killed his mom and her boyfriend with a baseball bat. And her boyfriend with a baseball bat. Interesting. Otis makes Becky promise. Like he's dead set. Like you can't let him know I told you this. If he finds out that I've been talking about him, he will kill both of us. Why do you think movies do this? Like the story of Henry and Otis is bad enough. So what is the point? Like what's the oh. difference between stabbing your mom in the neck and killing her and her boyfriend with a baseball bat? So here's the thing about that. That I will get back to that. Okay. But it just seems so weird that they base movies on real people, but then change shit. Like making Becky 19 with a kid. It's, what is the point of that? So it's not about the way that he killed his mom that bothers me. That has more to do with like I think like the way that he would change his stories all the time. Okay. I think because the way that the whole scene goes down later, it's more like he's just literally flying off the seat, like just making shit up as he goes. Everything that comes out of his mouth, you don't know what to believe. Perfect. Which is true in real life. So, but on that note also, well then why, why make their relationship so different in this movie? I don't even got into the re- wait. Whose relationship? Otis and Henry. Oh, like let's just keep. We'll going. get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's Otis, right? Your brother, stepbrother, whatever, telling you, I met this guy in prison. He killed his mom and boyfriend. And if he finds out that you know this, he'll probably kill you too. Mm-hmm. What would you do? Not say babe? a fucking word and mind my business. Not only does she decide to stay in this house, she basically interrogates Henry. Girl, why? Like they're playing a casual game of cards and she's just like, so tell me your life story. <laughs> like, so we do. We learn that he did respect his dad hated his mom and according to the movie he had a brother that died of a bone disease or bone disorder okay fun no one mentioned it she confides that she didn't like her father much either considering he beat and raped her for most of her life so you're saying in real life like they're living in the house the mom and dad are there it's not them raping her. No, no 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 so they're living in a house with otis's parents Right. Otis is her uncle. Oh. Her mom and dad, her dad, they, they're both fucked off. They never say anything. I found what happened to her dad. Yeah. I do know that later on her mom comes back into the picture, but she's a junkie and she loses custody of her again. So but I just either didn't mention way, it because so it's like it would be these people in the house. Yeah. But, but her it was actual, actual her actual parents are nowhere. But it was Otis 
and then eventually Henry. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Otis ever actually. No one talked about him molesting her. Okay. It was Henry. Henry came in. Henry started grooming her. Henry got in close with the family. Okay. So that way when Henry started sexually assaulting her, nobody stepped in and did anything. Gotcha. Well, basically this beating and raping is what rushed her into another abusive relationship that ended up with the kid and the reason why she had to run away. That's why she's here. Okay. She feels so comfortable with him because she basically blurts out, did you really kill your mom? (laughs) Girl. Have some self-preservation instinct. He calmly responds, yes. But according to him, he stabbed her the night of his 14th birthday party because she hit him with a whiskey bottle. So this is what I'm saying. The story changes a lot. Uh Uh-huh. Becky says she must have done some really bad stuff to make you want to kill her. And he's like, it's not what she did. It's how she did it. The way that she would bring home the men that she was sleeping with for money while she was still married to her dad, who was very much living under the same roof and that they would make him watch. Mm -hmm. And that if he didn't, that they would beat the shit out of him. So there we go. That's that's a check off the list. Becky clinging on to every word basically decides to twin flame at this moment very Sid and Nancy like we're meant to be like we're both so fucked up like let's just be together forever wild I'm a little upset that that's how they did that person in real life like they made this character out of her and she was just a child and a victim in real life that's really upsetting yeah Becky finds work as a hairdresser in the city hey she is telling Otis and Henry and she's showing off this new, like I love Chicago shirt. She bought herself in celebration. Otis is asking Becky to grab him a beer. And when she hands it to him, he grabs her and like pulls her in to like kiss her, kiss her Mm -hmm. like for reals, kiss her. And Henry's like, absolutely fucking not like, you're not going to touch your sister. Okay. Becky clearly never having a man stand up for her nothing's hotter right she's we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. but the two men instead decide to go out for the night and this is when we see them pick up some working women they park in an alley to fuck and boom i'm immediately drawn to episode 49 where we've spoken about this it was the episode bobby kent where the two best friends, they're like, yeah, let's go on like a double date and then we'll just park and yeah. just fuck in a car together. Yeah, yeah. I don't care what age you are. Right. I don't care if you're 16. I don't care if you're 46. Yeah. We're not just pulling off to the side it's of the... wild. <laughs> wild. Literally, they're just in an At alley. At least bring a picnic blanket and one of us can go okay. outside and one of us can be in the car. <laughs> I'm not trying to be in the front seat, back seat. <laughs> so although i will say maybe it is a little different if you're picking up if you're hiring work. sex workers it might be a little bit different get a fucking room bro like uh, i know i agree yeah so you can imagine how it ends up when the woman in the front seat hears her friend in the back seat getting her head fucking 
like her neck snapped. Oh, perfect. All right. That's not going to work out well for anybody. So then in a panic, she's trying to leave the car. And Otis is like, oh, what do we do? (laughs) And Henry's like, well, clearly. And so he breaks her neck while Otis is holding her down. But to us in the movie, it seems like this is a surprise for Otis. He's never seen this before. No. Interesting. Henry's worked up an appetite on the way home. They stop for burgers and fries. But once they get home, Otis is really struggling. He can't accept the events of the evening. But Henry points out that it's not that Otis has never killed before. We He's like, Otis, you've killed before. Interesting. But according to Otis... It was all for a reason, like almost like Mm self-defense or something like that. So this was the first time it was like an oopsie. Right. Right. He was a casual encounter. Yeah. He wasn't prepared for it. So he's like, "Ooh, this is this is different for me. They're chilling at home when the TV breaks and they decide to go air quote shopping so it's like this fucking storage unit in the seedy part of town with some guy who like lives out of the storage unit <laughs> selling stolen shit, right? And he offers them a piece of shit for $50, but Henry's like, no, I want a better TV. So they get it by killing the salesman. Perfect. They stab him in the chest repeatedly. And the abdomen, Otis tries to strangle him from behind with a cable. And when that still doesn't work, they decide to use the $50 TV to smash his head in. Very Matthew Oh, oh, absolutely. Scream. Absolutely. Yes. But also, I was going to say... Nightmare on Elm Street, yep. Dream Warrior, of course, which we referenced episode twenty-seven. But yeah, so also Stu from Scream, yeah, classic, classic, classic. So they take off with a big ass color TV and a camcorder. Oh, mm-hmm. they want to start recording things. Okay, mm-hmm. great. <laughs> and do they talk about? Do they have a sexual relationship in this movie? Not at all. Okay. Mm-mm. They show them at home that night. Becky and um, Henry are like dancing and they kiss for the first time. And when Henry realizes that Otis is filming them, it makes him really uncomfortable. And he like tries to brush it off like it didn't happen. And he like clams up. It gets all weird. Hmm. The next day, Otis is making a drug deal with a high school boy. He tries to make a move on the young man. Mm hmm. So we do get that he is um, gay, but I've never seen him with Henry. Okay. The boy punches Otis in the face, busting his lip open. Fair enough. So when Otis gets home looking like a piece of shit, Henry's like, what's up? And he's like, I really wish I fucking killed this guy. He's like, well, we can't kill him, but hey, we can go kill somebody else. Also, is Henry missing an eye in this? No. Okay. Mm -mm. Not at all. The two go for a night drive. They park on the side of the road, make it look as if their car broke down. Henry gives Otis a gun. 
Someone stops to offer assistance. They shoot and kill him. Leave the body. See, that's why you don't ever stop to help anybody ever. <laughs> Uh, we do see over time that Henry is the one giving Otis tips how to like not get caught. That whether it's true or not, that's what Henry claims in real life. Yeah. He's... He says the same thing in real life that he really like helped teach Otis yeah. how to not Took get caught, how to do this the mm-hmm. right way. Yeah. They set their sights high on their next kill, a wealthy looking family where they break in at night and record the experience. Otis undressing and molesting the mom while Henry kicks and ties up the dad on the ground. The teenage son walking in and trying to run, but Henry drops the camera, catches him just as he's about to get out the door. And as the mom is still held down by Otis, she has to watch as they beat and strangle the boy to death in front of her. The worst possible situation to be in as a mom and as soon as he's dead otis breaks her neck they stab the father and it seems as if otis would have probably most likely fucked the dead body mm-hmm. but henry was like absolutely not get the fuck off of her we're not doing this i love that henry's the high moral ground yeah here. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. back at home the two men are lounging on the couch watching their new home movie just drinking beers like slowing down and like pausing and just really enjoying their work how weird mm-hmm one day they're driving around filming women about town when otis breaks the camcorder and the two get into a fight Otis gets kicked out of the car for being careless. So back at home, Becky is telling Henry that she quit her job. She misses her daughter and she wants to move back home. And she asks Henry if she, if he will go with her. And Henry's like, well, is it safe? What about this guy that you left? And apparently he's in jail for murder. Oh, perfect. She knows how to pick him. Mm Mm-hmm. He's like, let's think about it instead. Let's go out to dinner. When they get home from dinner, Otis is blacked out drunk on the couch with the tape, like on slow-mo. Oh, shit. Yeah, right? Becky doesn't see. Oh, okay. She goes straight to her room. Henry turns off the movie and meets Becky in her room. They start to get physical when drunk Otis walks in mm-hmm. and he's like, Hey, did I interrupt anything mm. again? Like I said last time when they, when Henry got caught kissing, he's embarrassed and like storms off. So okay. he leaves. He walks to a corner market, buys a pack of smokes. We see him want to kill this guy, but he doesn't. The convenience store guy. Mm-hmm. Then he comes across a woman walking a dog. They strike up a conversation. It's like, again, you can feel that he really wants to kill this woman, but he doesn't. He's really showing some restraint right now. And it's a good thing he didn't because he walked back home to find Otis raping and strangling Becky. Oh, shit. Henry kicks Otis off of Becky. They fight. Otis breaks a bottle on Henry's head. Becky defends Henry, stabs Otis in the eye with one of the combs from the hairdressing. Right? As she uh-huh. should, a rat tail comb. Uh-huh. <clears throat> While stunned, Henry finishes the job, stabs Otis multiple times in the stomach as Be- Becky watches. She's hysterical, like we need to call the cops, and Henry's like, fuck that, we need time to think. 
They drag his body into a bathtub where they carve it apart, head and limbs in Dahmer fashion. Episode 36. They dump the bag of body parts in the river, all sorts of different locations. And Becky's asking, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Henry says, we just keep moving. Becky's like, promise that one day we can settle down so we can get my daughter. And he's like, of course. They say, I love you for the first time. They drive to Becky, a motel. come on, girl. No, they drive to a motel room. The last thing we see of the night is him telling Becky, let's get some sleep. The next day, we see Henry freshly showered, shaved, drive away from the motel alone. He stops along the road and gets a suitcase from the trunk, dumping it before he drives away. And the camera zooms in on the blood-splattered suitcase before the screen goes black. Okay. Clearly, that's Becky. Oh, I did not know that was clearly it was Becky. A blood splattered suitcase. Uh, yes, yeah, no, yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. I thought that he left Becky sleeping to go dump of some body he had. Nope, it's Becky. That's Becky, babe. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. I did not put that together. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> the second one came out a full 10 years later. Okay, so wait, that was the end of the first one? Yep. So before we get into the second one... How do we feel about the first one? A solid three. Okay. I think, again, the bones are there. They're they're trying to come up with something. I think you pointed out, like, maybe they didn't want to go the child route. It seems like they do that a lot in movies. They just try to avoid. Right. But it's odd the way that they twist some things. But, yeah, tons of murders. It's a fast movie. Michael... Rook, 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 yeah, does good, yeah, for sure, great actor, yeah. I mean, so what's weird is it's like he's average guy, like I said, kind of charming. That why he has both of his eyes is, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, whatever. We'll give it a three. Okay, so yeah, ten years later, nineteen ninety six. They come out with a sequel. Yeah, but I have no idea, like, if we're 10 years forward in time or if we're picking up right where he left okay. off. Okay. No clue. Um, But we have a very similar montage of dead bodies, like, right off the bat. Just a bunch of dead people. Not similar. We got a new Henry. Okay. This Henry is played by Neil... Guntali. Okay. He's significant for the most bizarre reasons ever. He played Eddie Caputo or Caputo or whatever <laughs> from episode 56. He was Charles Lee Ray's accomplice in the very first. Who's Charles Lee Ray? The very first child's play. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking of actual serial killers, I so I couldn't get there no, in my head. I'm like, back to movies now, bitch. Um, get well, it together. Lee Harvey Oswald, then. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they all have these three fucking names? So Charles Lee Ray. And it's all Lees. Henry Lee Lucas, Lee Harvey Oswald, Charles Lee Ray. All, all right. They're all serial <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. More importantly. Okay, I'm sorry. Pull it together. Yeah. 
you got to show some respect to Neil because he also played first attendant in Mr. Monkey's yes! the election. Yes, yes, yes. I knew it. Hey, I hey, it. hey. I knew how excited you were about this guy that came and pronounced his name that it was going to be a Monk reference. Maybe you have to drink. Cheers and a cheers to Monk. Oh, my goodness. Keep it down. The dogs are excited about the Monk reference. They could hear it. Wow. Any day it's a, a Monk reference is a good podcast day. Henry, at this point in his life, is a homeless drifter who's finally getting a job cleaning and transporting porta potties. Yeah. Winner. I mean, it's a job that has to be done, but. I know. Business owner Kai and his wife take pity on Henry and offer him a place to stay until he's back on his feet. They're also taking care of their teenage niece who happens to be bullied and like really fucked up should be taking so now they're just making shit up for the sequel oh there you go perfect one day when she's walking home henry sees her being bullied by two boys he rushes over and knocks them down don't fuck with her or i'm gonna basically kill you because of his like protection over her the family starts to trust him he's given keys and more time alone in the house when he discovers a secret room in the basement full of arson supplies what he's caught snooping by kai who explains the side gig as an arson for hire um to do like phony insurance scams right yeah yeah yeah. whatever they go on a murder spree the two of them okay (laughs) yeah they have their own little thing. This poor girl, this niece, she falls in love with Henry. <laughs> it's a whole suicidal mess. Okay. I'm just going to fast forward. A whole bunch of people die. <laughs> Who's killing them? Him and the arsonist? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then finally, so the niece basically throws herself at Henry and he rejects her. And how old is she? She's like in high school. Okay, like 16, she, 17. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And when he denies her, she ends up shooting herself in the head. Oh, shit. Yeah. He's not worth it, girl. I promise. Yeah. So that was really sad. Let's see. Did anything else happen? They just used the character to make a, a, a sequel uh, for uh, no reason. That's why. I'm like, I'm not going to go into a whole bunch of details. I'm just wondering that's if wild. anything else. I mean, there was like... I don't think there's any other named people in the movie. Just a bunch of more pointless killings. Yeah. And then he ends up killing everybody. So, yeah, after the girl shoots herself in the head, the two people blame him. And so he kills both of them. And then he sets the whole house on fire with all their bodies. Ta-da! Portrait of a serial killer number two. And what do you give that rating? One. Wow. <laughs> it's so pointless. What is the point? To, like, you didn't even have to make it a sequel. You could have made that movie. To, give, and just, to give us the monk reference, baby. They could have done that, though, still. They could have done oh, yeah. the whole movie and named it Norman. You know what I mean? That's about a guy named Norman. It's got nothing to do with Henry Lee Lucas. That's what I'm saying. If they're going to make a fucking piece of shit movie like that, give... Say Grace 23, a fucking movie with her man on the stairs. That's, right. all, that's all I'm asking yeah, for. Yeah. 
Give sure. her the opportunity to tell her story in a movie, and I'm sure that will make me. That feels like such the, the most pointless sequel I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> Both are available on streaming services somewhere for free. Perfect. So have at it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Interesting. That's so funny. I had no idea they made a sequel. Well, I guess we're gonna have to watch the dentist too now. <laughs> see which one's worse. I probably will. <laughs> just at some point, just to see what's going on. Uh, we joked earlier about my look of the week. This is not my look of the week. Although I think it could be. No, it is funny. It's so brilliant. So I was walking over, and my husband's like, "What's with your look?" And I'm like, "Well, it's not so much a look." He's like, "Well, what'd you watch?" And I'm like, "Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer." And he's like, "Well." It makes sense to me. And I'm like, what? And he's like, well, you're wearing a portrait of serial killers because I'm wearing the sweatshirt that he got me that is a picture, like a friend's version of all the serial killers. Well, all the horror movie serial killers. Yeah, we've got all of our themes. You got Hannibal and Pennywise and Michael and Jason and Jigsaw. Jigsaw. And who's the other one I'm missing? Probably Freddy, right? Freddy. And it looks like the Friends logo, but it also looks like an old timey picture of all of them together. So it would make perfect sense. It's a portrait of serial Um, serial killers. killers. Mm -hmm. But this is really what I'm going for. I've got underneath this the white tank top and we'll go and look in the mirror and have you take a picture because that's the cover of the movie, I believe. And I mean, thank God for Instagram filters. I can make it red, but you know what would have been perfect? Is if we would have thought about it two seconds ahead of time and I could have gotten into my Halloween box and gotten the light red bulb. light bulb. I know. But that's okay. We'll just put a red filter on it. Yeah. Fantastic. Yay. Ta-da. We did it. Another one is down. And you guys learned so much. All these recommendations for TV shows and books. And If you guys have any recommendations for us, keep them coming. People give me recommendations all the time on Instagram so and whoever didn't like the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie tell me which one you did like oh because since the first one since the OG I can't name one that I did like since this one we just watched not fucking one not the one with Matthew McConaughey not the one with Jessica Biel they can all suck garbage Jessica Biel wasn't bad it wasn't good (laughs) you know yeah, no, I thought it was slow. Mm-hmm. I thought it was boring. Really? Yeah, I thought the acting was bad. Maybe it's been bad. a while since you've watched it. And you think me watching it now is going to make <laughs> it better? You think it aged well? Yeah, maybe. Oh, I mean, I'll give it a go, but that's just it. Yeah, you didn't like this one. Which one did you like? That's what I'd like to know. Um, I've never been a huge Texas Chainsaw Massacre person. Yeah, the first one's great. I honestly can't remember watching. I know I've seen the first one, but the only one that like really sticks in my brain Mm -hmm. is the fucking Jessica Biel one. Yeah. I know I've seen the rest of them, but, you know, I don't know. It was never like my go to deal. For sure. So, you know, I didn't not like this one. This one, like you said, it was fun. It gave me fast. There was good killings. I like how spoiler alert nobody escapes yeah I like that he beheads that bitch in the end you want me to talk shit about it the one thing i will talk i don't want you to talk shit about no, it to the to the listeners <laughs> to the people that gave the it viewers. the bad review okay 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 
for those people, the one thing I will say is they did try to pull the strings again, where it's like, oh, feel sorry for him. Like he was in this orphanage and he loved this woman. And I was like, nope, nope. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was not paying attention. Shocking. (laughs) No, I'm just saying after we watched two full episodes of Love is Blind and drank copious amounts of whatever at that point and then took mushrooms because you couldn't guess one couple's that's right you came up with the drinking game we came up with the love is blind drinking game because i had already seen it so if you guys want to watch love is blind play the drinking game the drinking game was you made it i let b make predictions of which each couple if they're going to get married or not and it was fun and every one that she got wrong we had to do a shot yeah and my fate was tied with hers i, I got a shot too, even though two I out of five right correct yeah so we took three shots you got danielle and nick and uh I feel like you got one right that you knew that they weren't, weren't gonna be getting, yeah, yeah yeah exactly so yeah, two of my predictions were right, and, and then the rest. And I feel like that yeah. one was because um, you thought w- the heartbreak of Sal and so Mallory. Sal, I've never Sal seen you Mal. so upset over anything Sal. in my life. I'm still upset. I was really upset the reunion because it was Sal's just like upset. When, he's so sad. he's so upset. <laughs> The way Mallory sat away from all the women like they had some kind of disease. She was so far to the edge of the couch. Yeah. Like completely outcast. Oh, you guessed that um, Deep D and what's his face. That they would not. Yeah. But you're wrong about everybody else. Yeah. Uh It was really fun. It was so fun. I know. Sal and Mal, that will always... Or it always hit hard, especially because they tried afterwards and it didn't work. Same with Shane and Natalie. Yeah. They tried. It didn't work. Natalie was crying. What do you think really happened between Shane and Shayna? The way he responded. I bet you. The that- way that he literally had a seizure on the spot. You know and what Shana's I think? like, we did not. I don't think anything happened. I think he was just so sensitive because how it was handled on the show yeah. that he really wanted to drive home. He's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to make me look like something happened. Okay. Like, I think he was just very upset and sensitive. Which about made it. it absolutely look so like awkward. something happened. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. You guys watch Love is Blind. Catch up with us. I mean, again, for the OG listeners, we have to give you our garbage bullshit talk. <laughs> That's bet- right. Our, our floofers. And to uh, look at our garbage bullshit pictures, go to Instagram, THC podcast on Instagram. As always, keep the comments and DMs coming. I love talking to you guys. If you can take a minute to give us a rating or a, a whatever, a review, a five-star review would be fantastic. Ring a bell. Plus a mark. Um, delirious. And I'm freezing. Freezing and we're exhausted. Yeah. It's 11 o'clock, which is officially an no. hour past oh, B's bedtime. I'm dying. I'm yeah. dying. So we got to get the fuck out of here. We love you guys. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye, you cunts. I'm going to turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> Already.